Thank you for listening to the new Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. This is the offensive line show. I know, right? It's not, you know, the pretty position. And it's very hard to quantify. You know what I mean? Like, generally, let's be honest here. When people talk about who are the best offensive linemen in football, yes, we. if you follow your team, for instance, you understand the players on your offense line, and you know who the weak parts are of it. I mean, again, you have a more in you know detailed you know viewing habit of your favorite team. So it is hard to go around the NFL and make lists of the best offense linemen because if you don't watch every single snap, essentially, there's no such thing as a highlight. You know what I mean? Like. Or, or you you can't put up a two-minute thing on an offense lineman because if I did that for every offense lineman in the NFL, if I said, okay, we're going to pull up a two-minute tape, every player that's pretty much starting in the NFL, they all look like dominant players for two minutes. Everybody's going to have some really good snaps, but it's the guys who don't have any really bad snaps that are the best in the league. Again, you have to use other people's, you know, lists, rankings to, to get a, a very fair thing on this. Like this one's the hardest one for somebody like me to go around the NFL because I mean, yeah, I could tell you all day about everybody who's been on the offensive line for the Eagles and how good I think they are or how overrated some may be for sure. A hundred percent, but I'm going to do my best. I mean, I do follow a lot of the NFL. I've seen a lot of these guys play a bunch of snaps. Uh, I feel like I pay attention really heavily to the offensive line because again, it's like, if you don't have a good offensive line, your quarterback's going to struggle. Your wide receivers are going to struggle. Your running backs are for sure going to struggle. Your offense is going to struggle. That's just a fact. And the Eagles have made it, you know, legitimately a point to build through the trenches. And why do they do it? Because they understand that if your offensive line don't work, your offense don't work. And if your defensive line don't work, your defense don't work. And I understand that very much. Again, I, I don't necessarily agree with that you got to flood it on defense uh, because I think you could generate pass rush in a different way. But here's the thing. With the offense line, you cannot fake block. You know what I mean? You could leave tight ends in. You could chip running backs all you want. But if you do do that, you know what you're doing? You're taking players out of being potential threats in terms of being able to catch the ball uh, from the quarterback. If your running back has to stay into chip every time or your tight end has to, that's one less receiver running a route. That's one less option for your quarterback to make a, a correct pass. You know what I mean? It, it just makes their jobs infinitely harder. Plus, it makes your uh, quarterback start getting, you know, happy feet because if you're constantly hitting somebody, you know what's going to happen? I'm not just going to stand in the pocket and just prepare to get my block taken off every single time. That's why this is so important. So let's just get into it. Like I said, we're going to do a top 10 tackles. I know normally I would do just top 10 units. We're going to do top 10 tackles, top 10 guards, and top 10 centers. Why not, right? Let's see what's the best we can do with this. So we'll start with the tackles, right? Now, again, I don't have a reference for last year because I never have done top 10s at these positions. We will go forward, but it's like I would have loved to have seen it. But again, I thought doing the units, yeah, I get it. It's cool. It, it's more or less a way to save you know, because again, how many people get geared up to hear who the best guards are in the NFL? I understand that. But hey, we're going to do the top 10 here. And then, like I said, we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff after. But uh, 
Let's just get into the lists. Top 10 tackles. So 10, I went with David Bakhtiari from Green Bay. Clearly, Bakhtiari could be a top five tackle in the NFL. He's shown that he has that in him. His problem is injuries. So, I mean, I had to dock him, obviously, for being hurt. But it's like, at the same time, if this guy stays healthy, he's definitely a top, probably five tackle in the NFL. Ninth, I went with Rashawn Slater from the Chargers. Now, he was hurt last year. That was a big deal. Um, but he was he came out of that 2021 draft. This guy could play, and he he's exceptional. Eight, I went with Tristan Wirfs from Tampa Bay. Uh, he's a right tackle. A lot of people thought was better than Lane Johnson. I knew it when I heard it. It wasn't the truth. Not that Wirfs isn't a good player. He's an exceptional player. He's a top 10 tackle. He's just not the best right tackle. Uh, seven, I went with Jordan Mailata at left tackle. The Eagles here. Um, Mailata, again, big fan. I mean, the, the fact this guy just started playing football five years ago is just otherworldly. The fact that he's this good, especially at this position. Um, yes, does Mailata have some things that he has to improve? Of course he does. Hello? He's only been playing football for five years. He played rugby. He didn't even play collegiate football. This guy was a rugby player converted into an offense alignment. He literally had to learn in the NFL. The fact that he's as good as he is is absolutely mind-blowing. And the beautiful thing about him is he's only going to get better. Like, that's the thing. Every game he plays, he gets better at playing football. So, yeah, he's seventh right now. Mylotta could be the best player in the league, though, at that position. He could be the best tackle in the NFL. He really could. He has, you know, we talk about that with Dallas Goddard a lot, best tight end in the league potential. Well, I'm telling you this right now. Jordan Mylotta has best tackle in the league potential. He really does. Uh, again, I, the thing with my, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about Mylotta here because Mylotta is somebody that clearly. Us Eagles fit. Like, we've seen, is he as good as Jason Peters? No. Does he pretend to be as good as Jason Peters? No, of course not. He ain't going to pretend to be as good as Jason Peters, but I'm just telling you this. Um, when it comes to, uh, when, when it really legitimately comes to what Mylotta has done as a football player, it is. It's absolutely incredible to me that he's this good. And again, you know what pisses me off? Let's just go back to the Mylotta draft, right? So Mylotta's drafted the seventh round of the 2018 draft, right? Um, awesome. Leave this guy in the seventh round. You know, we see what he could do in the pre... And then that preseason, like, you know, Mylotta showed a lot for somebody who had just been playing football for literally, at that point, a couple months. And I remember that preseason, all the people coming out, oh, Jordan Mylotta could be a, a diamond in the rough. You know what I mean? Look how good he is with the limited experience he has. Good gracious, if this guy learns how to play football, it's going to be a pretty special thing, right? Couldn't agree more. I was all in. I totally thought the same thing. And then the next year, what do the Eagles do? They go and they draft um, Andre Dillard. Because, oh, they couldn't believe the best tackle fell that far, whatever they wanted to say. Great. But at the same time, it's like I, I can never get over it because it was just such a waste of an asset that they didn't have to do. They really didn't have to do it. But that, uh, my ladder, like I said, I know I'm talking a lot about him. Again, he's an eagle. Of course, I'm going to talk a lot about him. His story is incredible. Right now, seventh in the league, and I think that's pretty fair. And his contract is a robbery for being as good as he is. It really is. Now, number seven. And you'll say, okay, 
or six, I'm sorry. Six, I went with Ryan Ramchek from the New Orleans Saints. The re- and again, he's dealt with a lot of inj- injuries, but Ramchek is really freaking good, man. He's just solid. He is a solid football player. Like, the reason he's had a guy like Mylotta is because now his injuries are the reason, like, if it came down to a push game to shove, who would I want? I'm going to take Mylotta, even though Mylotta's dealt with some injuries. But really, Ramchek, I mean, is just clean. Like, he he doesn't make the mistakes that Mylotta does. And the reason he doesn't is, again, because he's an experienced football player. But he's just very solid. Five, I went with Andrew Thomas from the Giants. I mean, that guy has turned into a football player. A lot of people thought was going to be a bust right after his first year. Maybe you shouldn't write people off after one season. He could play. Fourth, Christian Derisaw from the Vikings. Another exceptional player. Um, three was Laramie Tunsil from the Texans. Two was Trent Williams, who everybody thinks is the best tackle because, you know, the analytics and all this stuff. But let's not kid ourselves here. The best tackle in the National Football League is Lane Johnson. It's been Lane Johnson. It's going to continue to be Lane Johnson. He is the freaking standard bear here, man. He is He is the blueprint. He is the standard. He is the truth. He's the position. Guys that you could put on honorable mention for this list, by the way, uh, Colton Miller from the Raiders, uh, Panay Sewell from the Lions, uh, Ronnie Stanley, somebody who's dealt with a lot of injuries, um, Braden Smith, somebody I really like. You know, Teron Armstead, if he figures it out with Miami, I mean, he was really good. I mean, heck, Tyron Smith, remember him if he's healthy. I mean, for the Cowboys, he's really good. A lot of good tackles in the NFL. Now, guards. Ten, I went with Kevin Zeitler from the Baltimore Ravens. Nine, I went with Elkton Jenkins from the Green Bay Packers. Eighth, I was with Michael Anawanu from the New England Patriots. Seventh, I went with Trey Smith for the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't leave Kansas City. I went to six. I gave them Joe Tunney. Uh, fifth, uh, Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons. Four, uh, four Joel Batonia from Cleveland. Three, Landon Dickerson, Philadelphia. If Dickerson just, like, again, his he played every game last year. So he's not injury prone. His problem is he'll just get banged up for a couple plays and come out. And, and again, I get that how that could be frustrating. But at the same time, if you told me he's going to miss a play or two every game, that's it. Yeah, sure. Sign me up. That's fantastic. I do that for anybody. That's awesome. And Landon Dickerson, again, best player in the position um, at at his position in the league potential. He has it as well. The, that's the beautiful thing about the Eagles. They have a lot of guys who have best player in the league potential at their position. That's why they're so good. But Dickerson, I mean, like coming out of college, it's a robbery that they got him. They're fortunate that he was hurt in his last year of college because there's no way he would have ever fell into the second round. He probably a centers for somebody then, but the Eagles put him at left guard. He had played all over the offense line. He could do that still. He's a monster, and he's an exceptional football player. He's a great leader. Two, Quentin Nelson. I mean, Quentin Nelson's dealing with injuries, but, I mean, the guy has been an elite player for a long time. It's almost a respecting to keep him at two, but, I mean, he better stay healthy if he wants to keep that spot. And number one, uh, Zach Martin is still the best guard in football. I know it sucks he's a cowboy, but he's still the best guard. Got to be fair. Uh, top 10 centers now. Top 10 centers. Uh, 10, I went with Ted Karras from Cincinnati. 9, Cody Whitehair from Chicago. 8, David Andrews from New England. 7, Ethan Pochich from Cleveland. 6 was Tyler Linderbaum from Baltimore. 5 is Ryan Jensen from Tampa Bay. 
Fourth, I went with Frank Ragnew from Detroit. Three, I went with Corey Lindsley from the Chargers. Two, Creed Humphrey from Kansas City. And number one, even though he'll have a snap issue here and there, he won't snap it on time. He'll do some frustrating things. This guy is an animal. He's one of the all-time great centers in the NFL, potentially going to be in the argument for the best ever, Jason Kelsey. I mean, this guy is everything you could have wanted and then some. I mean, Cam Jurgens is still on the bench because Jason Kelsey is still that damn good. And he still could keep playing. Like, I mean, he was potentially going to retire. Like, trust me, if he falls off a little, he's retiring. Why would he Why would he retire right now? He's playing as good a football as he's ever played. And most importantly, the Eagles are as good a team as they're going to be. So it's like, he's here to win Super Bowls. We didn't play in the Super Bowl last year by mistake. But that is our run-through for the top 10 linemen at each position in the NFL. Now, again, it's not left tackle, right tackle exclusive. We just did tackles in general. Same thing with guards. But you get the gist of it. Now. Now. What else is there to really talk about? <laughs> with the NFL? There's really nothing to talk about. There really isn't. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent. Yes. Um, to me, that's a big deal. If I'm the Eagles, he's definitely on my radar. I know his price might be a little out of their, uh, you know, obviously their price range, but regardless, he's still on my radar. Dalvin Cook. Um, probably in March, Dalvin Cook would have been a really big name for the Eagles to look at, but then you got Rashad Penny. You got DeAndre Swift. So they're not going to be making a move to get Dalvin Cook. I got a spoiler for everybody. Um but, and again, I'm I'm a big Trey Sermon guy, so everybody who listens to this knows that I'm all in on Trey Sermon, but that's kind of what's going on in the NFL. And, and generally, when it comes to these guys as well, a lot of these players you're going to see, like, a lot of veterans, that are, they're not looking to sign right now. And why is that? They'd rather wait till training camp. One, you don't have to participate fully in it, but two, people are going to get injured. You know what I mean? So it's like, why sign somewhere when in reality, if you just waited a couple weeks, you might have had an infinitely better opportunity to play at this place. You know what I mean? Like, they need you now. So guys like, like does DeAndre Hopkins need a train? No, he doesn't need a training camp per se. I mean, it would help him to be on this team and get reps with a player. You know what I mean? Like, as a quarterback and a receiver to build a little bit of a repertoire. But Cook, same thing. But that's really it. But these guys are veteran players. They'll get caught up quick. It's just the issue right now is that these teams are smart. These players are being smart. And they're just hanging out. That's it for the NFL. <laughs> I don't know really what else we could talk about with the NFL. It's funny because I've been listening to some, uh, like I'll listen to Eagles podcasts and things like that. I like to get a gist of what's going around in the NFL. And even that they're talking about how boring right now it is in regards to Football for the Eagles. So you know what's funny? It's so boring, in fact, that the Eagles themselves, their social media page, and I wanted to talk about this because I thought it was a little fun exercise, right? They put one of those, you know, $5, $4, $3, $2, $1 deal things up. They had a quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end or a fullback. So you had to build a roster. $15 is the most, the max amount of money you could spend. 
So you could do, you know, five $3 players if you wanted or two $5 players, a $2 player, a $2 player, and a $1. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the higher you go, you got to take a little bit off at a different position. Now, do I agree with these rankings? We're going to go over them first. Dan McNabb is the $5 quarterback. He was the max. Is he the greatest quarterback in team history? Statistically still and resume still, yes, he still currently is. At $4, they had Randall Cunningham, which is an absolute laughable joke. To me, that is insane. There's not going to be one person who's ever watched Eagles football that's going to take Cunningham at $4. Like, he's just not. Randall Cunningham is not the second-best quarterback in Eagles history. He's not even close. He's nowhere close to Jalen Hurts. Give you a spoiler. Jalen Hurts was third here at $3. So it's like, all right, you're already getting value for all the other quarterbacks because the guy at $4 shouldn't be anywhere near it, and then $3 was Hurts, $2 was Foles, and $1 was Vic. Michael Vick for a dollar. Think about that. That's the most popular thing I saw on social media was people just picking Vick for a dollar. And they're right, by the way. They are absolutely right. First of all, Michael Vick is better than Randall Cunningham. Not even close, in my opinion. They aren't even freaking close. Nick Foles is better than him. Uh, Jalen Hurt. But I mean, really, like you're comparing. They're two mobile quarterbacks, right? They're, they're kind of similar in what they do, right? Michael Vick is a thousand times better than Randall Cunningham. Then the running backs, it was McCoy at $5, which, again, I violently disagree with. I mean, I love LaShawn McCoy, don't get me wrong, but Brian Westbrook is the best running back in this team's history. I don't even think that's close. I would have flipped those two. So, I mean, it's not a horrible thing, but, I mean, McCoy at $5, I really think Westbrook should be at $5, McCoy at 4 but it's McCoy, Westbrook, 3, uh, Montgomery. I mean, obviously, Wilbert Montgomery is, is, he was the best running back before those two guys. Uh, two was Ricky Waters, and one was Darren Sproles. Then, the wide receivers. Five was Harold Carmichael. $4 was Deshaun Jackson. $3 was A.J. Brown. $2 was Alshon Jeffrey. And $1 was Fred Barnett. Now, here's the thing. Um, I think with this wide receiver thing, I don't think you could just pick. I think you got to pick off the column. So that's like the column for that one, right? The second column for $5 was Terrell Owens. $4 was Mike Quick. Um, $3 was Devontae Smith. $2 was Jeremy Macklin. And then uh, $1 was Calvin Williams. So it's like, I'm telling you, like you see the wide receiver thing there, and it's, <sighs> I, 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 there's a lot of ways you could do the, the wide receiver one. So let's just see here. Give me one second. Sorry, I lost the page for some bizarre reason. That's why if you heard me pause there for a second, it just like glitched off. All right. But anyway, let's go to tight end. Oh my goodness. It just broke again. What is going on? The beauty of doing a thing like this. My goodness. Hold on here. You got to love the beauty of the internet, right? All right. Finally. Technology. That's why people would cut this stuff out if they were really into it. But I'd rather hear you guys having to deal with the fact that I had a struggle there with the internet. $5 was Keith Jackson at tight end. Uh, $4 was Dallas Goddard. $3 Chad Lewis. $2 Brent Selleck. And $1 was Keith Byers. So there's the fullback. Um, I know people will say, what about Zach Ertz? I, my guess is... 
again, where would you put Zach Ertz? Oh, my goodness, that would be great. See, that's the thing. I think that's why they didn't put him on here. It's like, where do you put him? Yeah, oh, man, God. Oof. He'd probably be the $5. I mean, really, really, Keith Jackson, I, I, I think people criminally underestimate how good Keith Jackson was. Actually, you know what? Screw that. Let's find out. Let's pull up Keith Jackson's stats, right? So... Let's see here, with the Eagles especially. So, Keith never had more than, I mean, his rookie season was out of this planet. I mean, he had 869 yards. And by the way, that's a different league for a tight end. 81 catches, 869. Um, like, if Keith played today, it, it, it's totally different. But again, I don't envision too many people are taking Keith Jackson at the $5. So, here's what I did. I had Jalen Hurts for $3. But again, you could easily talk me into Michael Vick for a dollar. I mean, Nick Foles is the greatest big game player of all time. Him for two. Like, I get the value in the two guys below him. Trust me, 100%. Wouldn't argue otherwise. I went with Brian Westbrook at $4 in the easiest pick I've ever made. Um, then I just kept our wide receivers. I went A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, both for $3. And then I took Brent Selleck. For two dollars, I mean, I think people freaking forget how unbelievably good Brent Selleck was. So I'm like, that—that's my team. Now, if you told me I had to use Vic, all right, I go with Vic. I'd still go with Westbrook. That's five, right? Oof. See, I love Devontae Smith so much. If Devontae Smith was on the other side of this thing, it'd be like him and To. Um. Man, I mean, I, Deshaun was unbelievable, by the way. I think we forget that, too, how unbelievable Deshaun was. I'd probably go, okay, Vic, Westbrook, and Deshaun. That's eight, right? Nine. Oh, my goodness. You could go. T.O. and Byers, if you want. You could go Devontae and Chad Lewis. See, I'd want to get a way to get Goddard in that situation. I mean, really, what you're doing here is you have the opportunity to almost put together the 2010 Eagles because you could do Vic, you know, with... Uh, if you did Westbrook. You couldn't go to McCoy because that's six. Jackson and Macklin would be, what, 10, 12, and then... I mean, you really could put the Jackson-Macklin thing together. I mean, okay, so there he goes. If you really wanted to, you could do Vic, Westbrook, that's five. Deshaun, that's nine. Um, if you wanted Dallas Goddard, that's 13. And Jeremy Macklin. But again, there's no one where you're doing it with Cunningham, so it doesn't count. If you had to use McNabb, so I'd go with McNabb then. I might go Terrence. Uh, I don't know. See, that's where it gets tough because it's like I'm going. You got to go Westbrook still. I think Westbrook's the only choice of running back. I'm going to be honest. So that would be nine dollars if you did Westbrook and McNabb. So now you only have six dollars left to spend. I, I seriously might just go straight across the bat, bottom there with the two dollar guys and go Alshon Jeffrey, Jeremy Macklin, Brent Selleck. 
Or I'd probably go Alshon Jeffrey, Devontae Smith, Keith Byers. Yeah, actually, that's 100% what I would do. Okay, let's say you told me I had to use Foles. So Foles and Westbrook is six. Means I have $9 left. I might go Deshaun, Devontae, Brent Selleck. Only because Foles was a home run thrower. You know what I mean? Like, same thing with Vic. That's why having a guy like Deshaun is is money because those two guys threw such good deep balls. You know, not that Jalen Hurts doesn't or anything. Or Look at McNabb. I mean, McNabb was an unbelievable deep ball thrower. In fact, if you do a McNabb, it's like, yeah, you had the Jeffrey thing. You'd really want to get him Deshaun. I mean, jeez. Yeah, I mean, but... They're fun. That's why these things are. Like I said, I mean, we just bought ourselves like sitting there talking out loud for how many minutes on a list that the Eagles put up for players and money and stuff like that. I wouldn't order it the way they did, but it's always fun stuff. I'm tempted, like I said, to really start talking about professional wrestling. And I do want to say this. Because at this point, if you don't care about professional wrestling, turn it off. And I'm not going to talk long about it. But I do want to say something here. When it comes to professional wrestling, the bloodline storyline in WWE is the closest thing to what has been a boom for wrestling since probably the Attitude Era. The ratings that that story gets, the amount of viewership that gets every time it's on is incredible. I do want to give props to AEW as well, which is brought back CM Punk. They have a show on Saturday nights. I'm just telling you this right now. If you like wrestling, it's in a good spot. That's all I'm going to say. And the show on <clears throat> this Sunday for AEW and New Japan, those two top matches are absolutely on another level. Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay and Brian Danielson and Kazuchika Okada. The fact those are even happening for us wrestling nerds is impossible to think of like yeah i mean osprey and omega just did happen but i'm talking about really talking about okada and danielson get into wrestling people i'm telling you it's awesome it is an awesome thing to get into because there's so much bs that goes on in wrestling and backstage stuff that you see play out in screen and like the cm punk drama with the young bucks in AEW and the whole thing there that's gone on with who's right who's wrong um you don't really know, but you hear from these reporters. It's like everything about it, the stuff you see versus the stuff you're not supposed to see versus the stuff you hear that's on TV versus the stuff that's not. It's like wrestling rules. Wrestling rules. But next week, we're doing top 10 defensive ends. And by defensive ends, we're going to call those... See, I'm almost tempted now. Thinking out loud here. Do we do top 10 like rush linebacker? Like, no, we're just going to do edge rushers. You know what I mean? Guys who primarily rush the quarterback. Like TJ Watt, Hassan Reddick will count them in there clearly. They rush the quarterback. I know they're linebackers. And I know you could say that about a lot of players, but they are edge rushers. We're going to do top 10 edge rushers and top 10 defensive tackles. I like that. That'll be our top 10s next week. So I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always...
Go Eagles, go. 